0: We've rounded up three stories from the marketing industry that you need to know about on this week's episode. Some of our topics include how to reach Generation Z, a seafood market who's planning to use marijuana to increase customers, and a top digital marketing trends list that you should pay attention to in 2019. That's next on Inbound Academy. Welcome to Inbound Academy, everybody, brought to you by Risen. I'm your host, Jeff Lambert. On this week's episode, we're continuing with the longer conversations and doing the weekly posts that we started last month. And based on the feedback and the playback stats that I've been looking at, it seems like that's been the preferred method. So we're going to continue using that strategy. We're going to have some longer conversations, and we'll put out a new episode at the beginning of each week. So you can plan on that. Set that into your morning commute schedule, and we can continue our growing relationship here on Inbound Academy. So for today, like we did last month, we're going to kick off September by talking about three stories from the marketing world that you need to know about. So to discuss those stories with me and provide some insight, of course, is Rogelio Rodriguez. He's the CEO of Risen Inbound. He's become a regular face on the show. Rod, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Absolutely. So we've got some interesting topics to talk about today. I know you've had a chance to review them and we talked about them a little bit. So uh, let's just jump in and share some of these with our audience and to our audience members. I'll make sure to post links to each of these stories. That way you can uh, reference them later or share them with coworkers and friends. So let's jump into our first topic, Rod. Uh, This one was published by Forbes magazine and the title of the article is realism the key to gen z marketing now this one i chose because it talks about the all-important generation z which marketers are going to have to pay more and more attention to as time goes on and i shouldn't even say as time goes on they have to start paying attention to them now so you know just to start off so we can define terms we always hear Generation X, uh, Millennials, Baby Boomers. Now we have Gen Z. Uh, I think we're Millennials, right? Is that correct?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I think I'm an elder Millennial, really early. <laughs> into, the, uh, <laughs> into the generation, but because um, I was born in eighty two. But but yes, we are considered Millennials. Borderline Millennials. Got
0: it. Okay, so let's talk about Generation Z. Who would Who would fall into the Generation Z
1: category? So it's everyone in early grade school through college at this time. Those are the generation generations' years. Gotcha. Okay, so we're talking maybe somewhere
0: between age 6 to 7 through age 22 to 24. Do you think that's a good range? Yeah, that's a good range. Okay, so that sounds like a lot of people. Uh, how, what What percentage of the world's population do they make up?
1: It's about seventy-two million individuals, um, a third of the population of the world, and it outnumbers millennials. So they're actually a, they're actually a bigger market. Yes, yes. Okay.
0: So yeah, this would seem like a group that uh, bears paying attention to, especially if they're larger than millennials, because you know, uh, considering we are the, on the fringe of that one. You know, marketing really has shifted towards reaching this group, but now this group's starting to have kids. I know I have a three-year-old myself, and although he a Gen Zer. I don't know what they're going to do after Gen Z. Maybe they'll start over with A. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Who knows? We'll see. So uh, let's talk about Generation Z. Obviously, every generation is different. Um, what What are some commonalities with the views and the philosophies and the expectations of this
1: Gen Z group? uh sure um so according to the article they see life online and offline as a single experience a continuum um which i i mean i i tend to uh to see life the same um as a as a marketer right um but uh i think they also for the most part live at home and they spend their parents money right they're they're younger uh of course yeah. I mean, um, you think about, you know, like
0: you said, if we're talking about from early grade school to college, especially most college kids nowadays, they're coming home after they finish, you know, during the summer. And even after graduation, I mean, there's a growing number of people, you know, especially due to this economy, who they move back home with their parents. And that's just kind of the reality nowadays.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know what, the, the, I think the dynamic between parent and children um, also has, has shifted in that generation. Um, in the article, it mentioned that, you know, that that parents value the opinions of their Gen Z kids, uh, and they have a, a say in big decisions. So when they want to convince their parents to spend money, it, it's, it's not just toys and clothes. It's, they have a say on vacations, on groceries, on, on, you know, major household items. They really influence family spending. Um, uh, According to this, it was like over to around $600 a year is how much they influence the family spending.
0: So, you know, and and that's an important stat to pay attention to because, you know, uh, a child in fourth grade isn't going to have their own personal income to spend. But if they're influencing what mom and dad are spending money on, then yes, they do need to be paid attention to as a group that can be reached. That makes perfect sense. That feels... That feels different. I don't remember my parents ever consulting me on large-scale purchases or even like at the grocery store. If I wanted a certain cereal, I didn't get a choice in that. I got whatever my parents got. I mean, right, right, right. Absolutely. So that's definitely a switch. So we have these commonalities with Generation Z. They're different, so they can't be
1: marketed to in the same way as millennials or Gen Xers, right? Right. Uh you know, they're you have to look at their at their motivation and um they're really motivated by future success rather than than the immediate fi- finances. They spend a lot more time in classes and extracurricular activities than their parents. Um, only thirty-five percent of have summer jobs as compared to sixty percent of the kids that were uh back in nineteen seventy-eight uh having summer jobs.
0: Wow. So yeah, Gen X. And I remember, I think it was Bernie Sanders that ran on that, you know, it's like an early thing in 2016 talking about teen and youth unemployment, how, you know, 30 years ago, it was just kind of a thing. Like every, every teenager and college age kid, they had a job during the summer. They would work mm-hmm. while they were in school. And that really doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Huh? Right. Right. Interesting. So what are some other, um, what are some other ways that we can define Generation Z
1: so we know how to reach them
0: as marketers?
1: Sure. Uh, so they are set on being leaders and entrepreneurs, not employees. So many grew up during a recession. They saw their parents struggling. They're really influenced by, by seeing that. And, and they want to create a path to personal success, individual success. Um, I think that's a big point to, to cover. So maybe not the uh, get
0: into a job when you're 24 and wait for your pension to mature and spend 30 years at one company kind of a road?
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: I think that might uh, appeal to millennials as well. I mean, we kind of came of age, you know, in the 2008 recession, I was only a year out of college. I don't know about you. And um, yeah, I remember, you know, I, I had an uncle that lost his 401k when he lost his job, all of it gone. He was there for like 22 years wow yeah so absolutely i think it does it transcends generations for for sure so we really have to keep in mind that generation z is their self-starters in a sense
1: Yes, we hope so
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay what else uh defines
1: generation z rod sure i think uh they, they they prefer personalization um, such as social media. So the advertising that they connect with has to be relevant uh, to their lives. Um,
0: now, is that like in a creepy minority report movie kind of a way where I'm walking in <laughs> the mall and something, yeah. says, Jeffrey, buy these socks. What is, what does that mean? Uh,
1: no, I, I think uh, we need to build campaigns that are uh, based on what their own experience is. Right. So I, I think, in terms of, of brands connecting with individuals, they ha- the brands have to make an effort to listen to them and what they what their wants are and what their needs are, uh, in order to be effective uh, to market to them. Right? Um, I mean, just an an example. Um, oftentimes, those Kickstarter projects that you have on uh, <clears throat> on Kickstarter you know, a lot of the times they 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 don't have a product built, but they have a vision for the product. And they, based on the response that they get from the backers is how they build the product itself, right? And even add and change things to the product itself based on what they've learned from, from the individuals that are backing that product.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, Rod. Kickstarter is, is kind of like a hub for that where, like you said, uh, there was a board game that I supported a couple of years ago on Kickstarter that was based on uh it it was like a zombie type of thing and i thought it was really cool because it was a spinoff you know after the walking dead started and i was really into that genre and they were talking about this is the idea that we want to do these are the packs that we want to come out with you know after the fact to be able to expand it and i was thinking this is really cool and yeah they they eventually came out with it the game's neat you know they're still coming out with updates for it i can't remember the name of it i gotta dig it out of the closet but that that is a great point um, yeah. So maybe that speaks to millennials a little bit as well. Have there been
1: any uh, crowdfunding campaigns that you've ever jumped on? Uh, yeah, several. Uh, I, like the, my, the Maizen, uh knife, the chef's knife. That's like you know, maybe a quarter of the cost of a traditional Japanese knife. Uh, I love that knife. Uh, I have it now. I use it every day. And also their their pans and their cookware. Like, They're like professional level cookware for... Um, that doesn't cost as much as the professional uh, level cookware that's out there, you know?
0: Hmm. What was the name of it again? Meizen. it's M E M I Z E N Mizen. All right, does it, does it cut anything? I'm interested, does it do well with meat? It cuts everything.
1: So, I mean, you can make like paper thin uh, tomato slices if you want. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to check that out. I always looking for a good knife in the kitchen.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you it's know, $60 I just- bucks for the high-end knife. 60 bucks that's it Ooh. that's it yeah all right well uh myzen if you want to contact or uh we're apparently giving you free advertising so and i just yeah. put that board game on on kickstarter that i ended up buying it's called Z Good stuff.
1: Apocalypse. All right. Apocalypse. So, great
0: points. Great points, Rod. So, making sure that that your advertising is personalized to your audience is going to get Gen Zers. Is there anything else that defines this generation that we need to keep in mind as marketers? Uh,
1: yeah, there's actually three three more elements, um, and we can go a little deeper into each. Uh, they they demand quality and they love luxury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I can really identify with Gen Z. I'm feeling more like a Gen Z right now after reading that article. Gotcha. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, you're, they want to spend on experiences um, instead of instead of being focused on stuff, right? Uh, accumulating stuff. They devote approximately like 58% of their budget to tactile physical objects for gifts. Um, they're not really bl- brand loyal uh, at this point. If they're really unhappy, 52% of them switch to a higher quality product.
0: Now, so, you know, going back to what you just said, that is a switch because millennials are often painted as we put experiences over personal things like stuff, because, you know, yeah. uh, it's all about making the most of the moment. And I, I can see that. I mean, you're you're a traveler. I know you are. And yeah. um, I've, I've traveled to different places. But you're saying Gen Z, they like their things
1: yeah they're more focused on on stuff but definitely like, physical things like like so i'll give you an example of a physical object uh which a gen zero i think would love and a millennial would love at the same time because obviously traveling for millennials is important uh but like the away um uh bag the away uh luggage uh lifetime warranty uh it's probably half the price of of a Tumi bag you know Yep. Um, and so it's it's really high quality and people really, really love it. Um, the, the experience of buying the actual item and when you're getting it, it's, uh, uh, a fa- fantastic experience. It's re- really well built. And the fact that they back it up with a lifetime warranty, I think solidifies the, the, that experience, right? <clears throat> so a millennial can use it to travel, but a uh, general Zer will, uh, love just having it.
0: Makes sense. And there was another thing that you mentioned that I think is really important to this. You're saying that Gen Zers, and and I think this applies to millennials to an extent too, they're not brand loyal. Can can you just repeat that stat again? Yeah. 52% switch if they are dissatisfied to a higher quality product. That feels a lot different than my parents, you know, like the baby boomer generation, because I think about like my grand, well, my (laughs) grandfather wouldn't be a baby boomer. He'd be even further back. He he's like, He's big into tools. He's all about craftsmen. He was a craftsman guy, you know, yeah. so anything that he bought, it didn't matter the, you know, what the competition was doing. He went to Sears and he got craftsman tools and that was that he didn't really shop around when it came to, you know, to different types of uh, brands for tools because craftsmen, that was it. They were known for high quality. I think they have a lifetime warranty on their stuff, but they do. You, I I don't know about you. I'm speaking for me. Like if I'm looking in the circulars and uh, you know, somebody like Ryobi uh, or crafts, well, as opposed to Craftsman, you know, or DeWalt, I'm going to go with the one that's probably the best quality for the lowest price. It doesn't have to be a certain brand. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Interesting. So there's a lesson there. I think for marketers that if you don't push that your product is worth it, people are just going to move on, right. Interesting. right? Absolutely. Now you said there were two more. What else defines Generation Z in terms of how they can be reached?
1: Sure, they're they're very trusting of their peers on social media, so they listen to bloggers, vloggers, people who tweet, Snapchatters, um, and seventy percent of successful brands use Instagram influencers right? Individuals that are Instagram that have a uh, large followings in order to uh, attract those uh, individuals, those Gen Z uh, people who ha- who put a lot of trust on those influencers.
0: Do you, I don't know if we're too old for this. Do you have any influencers on social media that you trust?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think Gary Vee, uh, you know, very, very pointed uh, commentary and uh, I, when he typically recommends something, I I I look at it, uh, and I have a tendency to to go with his recommendation. Huh.
0: Yeah, I can think of for me, it's uh, Marquez Brownley, MKBHD on YouTube. He's a tech reviewer. Okay. Uh, he puts out videos on a regular, at least once a week, if not more, and he reviews a lot of tech products. And if he reviews something, I, I usually will pay more attention to it. And I'm trying to think of. Tim Ferriss. I know we're both, uh, fans of him, you know, the four hour. Yes. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. He interviews, uh, he interviews a lot of influencers actually. Um, I have his book, the, uh, he has a book, uh, where he has a, he collected all the interviews that he's had on his podcast and it's a collection of all the people who influenced him. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've been following Tim Ferriss for a long time. And and I trust his recommendations. I actually started a, uh, workout program because of him, because I met, I discovered, uh, Pavel Satsulin. He's a Russian kettlebell instructor. Um, and because of that, I actually started that program. And I mean, I could say it changed my life, you know? So uh, I think it, it's very, uh, <clears throat> in line with how, uh, we trust these individuals that are, um, Influencing us to do everything from buying to to taking up new new ha- new habits.
0: What's the name of that push-up you've been trying to do? The Ottoman push-up, I think it's called. uh,
1: No, no, the Turkish get-up. Yeah, with seventy pounds. Yeah, <laughs> I was way off. <laughs> the Turkish get-up. Got it. <laughs> the Ottoman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, for our listeners, you got to explain that one. What exactly is the Turkish get-up?
1: Yeah, uh, it's a little hard to explain. Uh, without visualization, but you know what, I'll send out, well, we should put a link in the podcast to show you what a Turkish get up looks like. Yes. Uh, but it's, it's taking a kettlebell from the ground. Uh, you start, uh, in uh, almost like the fetal position, uh, and you raise it up all the way above your head, uh, all the way up. Um, and you press it up uh, above your head and then you, you come back down, uh, in the same manner. And that's one. One move, one. that's one uh, repetition, up and down. So,
0: so uh, you know, for me, I'd probably do one and then just be on the floor and be like, good, I'm done, okay. that's it. <laughs> what do what yeah. you have? What do you uh The
1: objective is 10, uh, to do wow. 10, 10, of those. So five on each arm. Yeah, more power mm-hmm. to you, Red. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I'll include, I'll find a, a good YouTube video. We'll put that in the show notes for everybody to take yeah. a look at. Um, boy, we went off on a tangent there. Let's try and get back on the <laughs> topic <of> here. <laughs> what else? Uh, you, I think you have one more. What's another uh, defining characteristic of Generation Z?
1: Sure, they you know so they admire self awareness and, and authenticity. Uh, while their parents strive for perfection on social media, Gen Zers share like the hashtag no filter, uh, hashtag no makeup posts. So they want real you know they want to they want to they want to portray uh reality in their in their activities uh online and they look for that in in the individuals that they're following interesting so that's obviously something that should be
0: kept in mind when you're thinking about campaigns to reach this group absolutely
1: huh
0: (laughs) all right so rod we're an inbound podcast we're talking about marketing from an inbound perspective where are, what are the opportunities, I guess, for us to reach Gen Z? How we know about what they are. Now, how can we reach them?
1: Sure. Um, so they're not strictly digital. Almost 98% of them shop in brick and mortar stores and then, twice as much uh, in person as online. Wow. Uh, yeah. And they never disconnect. <laughs> they use social media and the internet to research before they buy. Uh, which is a golden opportunity for us for inbound focused brands, right? Like uh, I think we have um, this uh, ability to to be able to connect uh, constantly uh, using the tools that we have uh, to those individuals. But um, I think every marketer should take advantage of that fact that they're always connected.
0: That brick and mortar stat just blows me away that 98% of them enjoy going into have an in-person experience in addition to what they're looking at online. That's foreign to me. I hate going to malls now. I feel like it's a waste of my time if I can just get it online. That's that's an interesting switch. Yeah. And if the, the CEO of JCPenney's out there listening to this, uh, hang in there, buddy. Maybe a couple more years and JCPenney won't have to go bankrupt if you can get those gems <laughs> back in your store. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That place is always a wasteland whenever I go in oh. there. There's just there's no one, you know, besides maybe yeah. like again, those those maybe Gen Xers or baby boomers who just, you know, my great grandfather shopped at J C Penny. I'm gonna shop at J C Penny too. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, Man, I
1: haven't been there in like at least a, I think a decade. So yeah. <laughs> it's
0: been a long time. Well, there's hope. There's hope from Gen Z. So, okay. You brought up some good points, Rod. You have to be where the audience is. That's an inbound principle. So it's not just having a digital presence. It's having a physical presence as well. Um, Mm -hmm. How do we, how do we be visible as, as marketers to this group, you know, in terms of
1: opportunities? Sure. I think it's, um, you know some some of the elements that we covered uh, um, in in a lot in a previous podcast, where like you know there's no difference between digital and and marketing, right? Like it, it, it's marketing, um, so you have to be in those places, digitally, physically, uh, in person spaces, uh, making sure that you you track their online behavior and data trends, uh, use notifications and geofencing uh, to help you gather intelligence on. And where they are um and, and really connect with them using the buyer's journey right design your marketing to uh think through what they would what a general Zer would go through to uh engage with you and become become a customer and a client
0: and that goes back to the point you made about making sure that we understand that the inbound focus really is tailored to generation z they're going to go online They're going to research a product. They're going to make sure that it's the right decision before they buy it. So we have to be where they're going to be able to show them that our product is the best. Right. Okay. Well, is there anything else to cover about Gen Z? I think we've pretty much reached everything. That's a pretty broad spectrum uh, in terms of what Gen Z is and how we can reach them. Yep. Okay. I think we're good there. So there you have it, folks. Gen Z should not be ignored. A third of the population. And here's some ways that you can do it. So let's jump into story number two. Rod, I know you're excited for this one.
1: <laughs> so I, I think it's a, a genius idea. Uh, and, and taking advantage of a trend um, that I don't, I mean, I don't think it's going to be able to be stopped by anyone. Uh, so go ahead and you can. do the intro for it (laughs) okay so
0: i i have to admit i chose this one because it popped up and it said new england and i'm from new england so i was like ooh, let me check this out and i always look every month for marketing campaigns that have been a success like if our listeners remember last month we talked about spider-man the new spider-man movie and how they use some um, different marketing tactics to be able to reach their audience so here's another example of smart marketing. This is from a, a seafood restaurant chain called Legal Seafoods. They're very popular in Massachusetts, very popular uh, in New England in general. They're expanding out. They have some in Washington, D.C. They have some in Virginia, Pennsylvania, Jersey. They're slowly making their way down the East Coast. And I
1: know you like going there whenever you go up to Massachusetts, right, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the uh, clam chowder, that's, I try to make a stop every time I'm there and I, I'm there once a year, at least. So
0: <laughs> that's it's good stuff. Whenever I'm in Boston too, it's the same thing. There's the swordfish is amazing. They have great clam chowder. So uh, let me give a little bit of background for our listeners who maybe are not familiar with this company, because I grew up obviously watching these commercials. New, uh, Legal Seafoods has always been a company. They do funny commercials. They do funny ad campaigns. But it's always safe. You know, there's never anything like controversial about what they do. Like to give you an example, they do commercials where fish are singing about not wanting to be eaten. You know, like, that was a commercial <laughs> that I remember that they ran. Um, there was a good one and I'll post a YouTube link to it where they had this like really serious narrator and they'd zoom in on a beach and they'd say, save the fish. The fish are disappearing. We need to work together. But then they would end it by saying, save them so we can eat them later kind of a thing. So it starts off with this like environmental like appeal. And then it's like, well, we want to save them so we can enjoy eating them. So uh, they they have that kind of like, it's funny, but it's not controversial because they're a family restaurant. They don't want to kind of tip the wagon too bit. But they just unveiled this new marketing campaign. And it's called Welcome to Legal. And Ron, I'm just going to let you talk about, well, let me before I do that, it's called Welcome to Legal, because it is based on they are targeting the recently uh, passed law in Massachusetts that allows for recreational marijuana. So they're they're playing on the popularity of this new law, and there's dispensaries opening up everywhere. So their campaign is called "Welcome to Legal," and they're they're shooting for the ganja market, basically, as <laughs> uh, kind of a to to catch the tidal wave. And they're being really creative about this. So Rod, can you tell us some of the ways that legal seafood
1: is targeting? the marijuana craze in massachusetts right now yeah no absolutely you know and, I, and I, I i love the fact that they're leveraging what is happening in society and these changes to to sell more more seafood right so uh one of the things that they're doing is their commercials are airing at at four twenty p.m each day which uh for <laughs> Those involved in the uh, smoking of marijuana, 420, is the time that they have designated to be uh, a time to uh, smoke marijuana, right? Yeah. Um, so I think they're they're leveraging that uh, understanding and uh, then uh, posting those commercials at that time.
0: Yeah. Um, go
1: commercials. Go ahead. That's weed, I was going to say that's Weed Christmas, isn't it? 420. Yeah. 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 Weed Christmas <laughs> also. 420. April 20th. Yes. Yes. Uh, as well. And then um, the commercials actually show uh, fish with trippy kaleidoscope backgrounds uh, and slow motion fish footage. (laughs) Uh, The menus in the restaurant are divided into smoked, baked, and fried sections. This is awesome. Uh, And then people can text Legal Seafoods at 4.20 p.m. each day to be entered to win a free packed bowl, quote unquote, of chowder. Wow, that is great. Yeah, 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 and then uh, they have a mobile van uh, that's going to park outside marijuana dispensaries as well. Uh, so they're going all on this, this, this targeting.
0: I guess you could say a play on word of, of everything having to do with marijuana. Absolutely,
1: absolutely, yeah.
0: <laughs> now uh, that that's great. Is is there anything else to share about their their focus? I guess you could say on on this uh, craze,
1: like you said. No, I, just a funny comment from a PR representative describing the effort uh, as an attempt by Legal Seafoods to get, quote unquote, a contact high from recreational marijuana. So <laughs> I love I it. that. That sure. was pretty funny. Yeah,
0: yeah. This, is, this is great. I got to say. So obviously, this is genius in the sense that, like you said, they're they're looking at societal trends and they're saying, let's jump into the conversation to be able to promote our product. Um, do you have anything to add to like a takeaway? You know, how could we apply these strategies as marketers?
1: Sure. I, I think it's uh, twofold, right? It's, this is a perfect example of where the audience is. You know, there's lots of interest around recreational marijuana, uh, which has become legal in Massachusetts, and they're taking great advantage of, of that. Um, and two, it's good to take risks sometimes. It's if the data supports it, right? Legal Seafoods is traditionally being seen as a family restaurant. They're they're risking their image by cozying up to a recreational drug, but they think it's humor. It's a humorous angle and it'll appeal to millennials and GZ, Gen Zers, uh, who will pull their their parents up to eat right at the restaurant. So that's a great point, and that's exactly what we
0: talked about with Gen Zers, where you know, they have influence on their parents and where they go to eat and what they buy. So like if, if the kids think it's funny, <laughs> and maybe they don't want to admit to their parents why it's funny, but they're going to have influence on where they go out to eat. Right. Right. Absolutely. Oh, man. That's great. And, and I, I think too, with our generation, we're more comfortable being open about using recreational drugs, at least certain recreational drugs. Uh, so I, I think this would play well with my millennial friends too. Obviously, because it's it's just great that they're like, kind of openly. I don't know if supporting is the right word, but but uh, climbing in bed with marijuana, in the sense yeah. of, uh, you know, it's okay, it's cool. Uh, come and eat some seafood, even if you uh, enjoy this on a on a semi regular basis. Yeah smart smart okay so that's legal seafoods everybody uh doing this campaign if you live uh in the northeast like i said in dc or virginia or jersey or massachusetts um, (laughs) go check them out because this should be a fun experience maybe we can go when we head up to boston in september
1: yes no we will absolutely we'll be there that sounds good and uh we'll, we'll get the packed bowl well just to clarify at legal seafoods not the dispensaries
0: Right, right. We're, 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 we're family people here. We're responsible marketers. We don't partake. <laughs> so let's jump into story number three, Ron. Um, the title of this article is Digital Marketing Trends That Can Bring You Closer to Your Customers. Um, I chose this one because it outlined something called the Mary Meeker Annual Internet Trends Report, which I had actually never heard of but it's apparently very popular in marketing circles and some of our listeners may pay attention to this when it comes out every year. Um, it, my question for you, Rod, is this is a famous report, something I'm going to pay more attention to going forward. Who is Mary Meeker?
1: Uh, yeah, um, she's she's big in the, in the venture capitalist world. Uh, she's a leading voice on internet and emerging technologies. She's had uh, uh, several successes. Um, she was named actually uh, one of the 100 Most Powerful Women in the World list in 2014. And she releases this annual report uh, of, of trends on, on internet happenings. Um, it's very popular both with uh, the venture capitalist world as well as, as marketers uh, because this, this, this data helps us make decisions on, uh, on our marketing campaigns.
0: Sure. And calling back to our last episode, well, not our last one, but the last one you and I did together, like you said, we talked about marketing is digital. It's not, it's not separate. Digital marketing and marketing, traditional marketing, they are one in the same. So you need to have a digital presence. So you got to pay attention to these trends. So why don't we talk about some of these trends, Rod? Like what what did this report state? Give us uh, some examples of what they
1: found. All right. There's a lot. So, Let's, let's uh, go one by one, right? 51% yeah. of the world or 3.8 billion people were internet users last year. Wow. Uh, yeah. And that uh, brings us to like seven out of 10 of the world's most valuable companies are tech companies. So Amazon, uh, Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, Alphabet were the top four. Uh, wow. So sorry. seven out of 10 are tech related. And obviously that's leading
0: to the push in the amount of people that have access to internet across the world. I think it was Google that did the, um, didn't they do balloons, weather balloons? I think it was in Africa or South America that would bring wireless internet to rural areas. Yes.
1: Yeah, that was Alphabet. or oh, uh, Google. Google, Well, yeah. Alphabet is the company, is the parent company for Google, but yes. Right, right.
0: Okay, so we have uh, more and more people are using the internet. What else do you have?
1: E-commerce is now fifteen percent of retail sales, wow. up twelve percent since uh, twenty eighteen. So regular retail grew only grew two percent.
0: Okay, maybe that'll change as uh, Gen Zers get older. But yeah, fifteen percent bump in e-commerce. So it's important to yeah. have stuff uh, available to purchase online.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, what else? Do you have? I think it, it, it adds to you know. I mean, just thinking about the future uh, with e-commerce, I think um, uh, an experience that's going to like drive both together, uh, somehow is, is coming. You know, I think Amazon with their Amazon stores is, is really at the forefront of that experience, right. Where it may start online, but they, they can go to a physical location to pick it up without having to interact with a human necessarily.
0: Maybe yeah, a machine great. or
1: a shelf will give it to you.
0: That's a great point, Rod. Like, uh, they the markets in, in Seattle that they opened up. Remember they, mm-hmm. uh, They bought Whole Foods and then they opened up, I think it was one prototype store, but I'm sure more are coming, that covers like you can just go in and you pick it up and put it in your bag and they have sensors to be able to recognize if you took it out and it's scanning your bag as you go through. So you can order your stuff online through Prime Now or Amazon or you can go to the store and have that experience too. Mm -hmm. And I think, didn't Amazon uh, start opening bookstores recently too? Yes, yes they did. Interesting. And they, they basically killed off the, the brick and mortar bookstore with the Kindle. So now they're opening it back up again. That's an interesting switch around. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, re- retail is still a part of the strategy, but obviously e-commerce is becoming, uh, well, I shouldn't say it's always been important, but uh, it's certainly starting to become the, the norm, I guess you could say, to begin with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, why don't we talk about, let me see, we have one coming up about ad spending. What? What is What is uh, the report on that?
1: Yeah, no, uh, I think it's, it's following the trend that it's increasing. It's up 22% uh, in 2018. So Google and Facebook are still leaders, but Amazon and Twitter are growing as well um, on the ad spend uh, line, okay. which is, uh, I think it, it coincides with the fact that Uh, The next uh, point from the trends report that Americans are spending more time with digital media than ever, 6.3 hours a day, which is up from 7% from 2018. And most of that growth is coming from mobile and other connected devices. And uh, the time spent on computers is declining. Yeah,
0: that sounds about right. Six, about six and a half hours a day. I think that <laughs> probably on the, uh, the conservative side for me, if I think about all the work that I do. And like you said, most people do work digitally. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But you said time on com- computers is declining. Yes. Yes. So I guess we could take from that. We have to make sure that our
1: campaigns are obviously mobile friendly first. Absolutely, that's a that's the biggest point. You know, uh, just build your sites or your experience uh, for the mobile experience first, because that is the fastest uh, growing by far way to access the, the internet. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um. The, I the next one. A lot more to, yeah, let's keep going. Yeah. The next one is images are increasing the means by which people communicate thanks to faster Wi-Fi and better phone cameras. So more than 50% of Twitter impressions now involve posts with images, video, or other media. Twitter used to be text-only, as you remember. That's a good point. Uh, It's very visual. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then another interesting trend, the number of interactive gamers worldwide grew 6% to 2.4 billion uh, people last year. Hmm. So... Games like Fortnite uh, have become new social media for certain people. They interact in there. They make friends there. They meet outside of Fortnite as well for events. Um, And the number of people who watch those games, rather than participate, is also swelling, is increasing. So there's people that actually just watch a stream of people playing Fortnite. Um, You just reminded
0: reminded me of a story. I think that was last
1: week. Um, There's a
0: famous Fortnite player called Ninja, I think his name is, who was on twitch and he signed an exclusivity deal with microsoft because they're coming out with their own game streaming platform called mixer i think it was called and he, he switched from twitch to mixer and he took like a huge chunk of their base with him to this new platform so wow okay so interactive gaming's uh, i don't you know i'm not too much into the into the multiplayer games but 2.4 billion people
1: my goodness yeah, I mean, it's huge, huge, huge. I mean, I used to play Halo back a long time ago, but yeah. it wasn't like this. Uh, I've I've uh, interacted a few times with Fortnite, and uh, it's amazing. It's a whole world in there, you know? It's crazy.
0: I know yeah. that's what all the kids are. My wife's a teacher, and all of her students, she's a middle school teacher, they're all into Fortnite. Like, that's the thing. And <laughs> I don't get it, but I guess that's because I'm getting older. <laughs> right, right.
1: Right. All right. Yeah. Uh, right. For trends, right? All right. We have a few more. Internet privacy is becoming a big concern for users and companies. Right. Consumers want this feature uh, on more of their platforms, and companies are investing more in security. Eighty-seven percent of the global web traffic was encrypted, which is up from fifty-three percent three years ago. Hmm. Good um, And then uh, along with security, you know, problematic content on the web is uh, continuing to increase, you know, fake news, radical content, abusive language and bullying. Um, 42% of U.S. teens have experienced offensive name calling online, uh, terrorists being radicalized on sites like YouTube. Social media has encouraged increase in political polarization as well. Interesting. so yeah, I, you know it's it's uh, I think it's they're they're valid concerned with this with this growth here, um, and I think they're, I mean they're they're trying to uh, lessen it uh, in many ways. I've seen many many uh, websites change their policies on how they interact with such content and uh, have most have taken a stand against it, right? <clears throat> um, but it still seems to be growing. Yeah, uh, totally. online it'll be interesting to
0: see how governments get involved more and more with this too, because I know there, especially in the United States, there's, there's a growing demand for Congress to do something about this because they're kind of letting the companies themselves figure out how to police this content, but then you've got free speech issues. So that's going to be one to keep an eye on. Definitely.
1: Yep. Absolutely. All right. And two more, I promise. Two more internet trends (laughs) and, (laughs) We'll wrap it up. So of the top 25 most valuable tech companies, 60% were founded by first or second generation immigrants. So new stricter immigration laws could negatively impact the tech industry and prevent future innovators from doing it in the U S as being an immigrant. I, I support obviously, uh, uh, Immigration and a lot of the founders, uh, as you can see by this trend, is, um, is uh, uh, valuable to the tech industry. So let's see what, what's on the horizon for that uh, based on those new immigration laws. Yeah, absolutely. And the last one, healthcare is steadily becoming more digitized. So there's a growing demand for tele- telemedicine and on-demand consultations. Uh, this is exciting, I think for us. Uh, I have several prospects that I'm talking to that uh, are in the telemedicine area and um, and actually on the on demand consultation uh even through iPads and iPhones. So I think this is uh this is something that is I think powerful for just agencies to take a look at uh, to be able to maybe focus on those helping those uh technologies grow. Yeah, you know, on a very
0: small side note, I was talking to a friend yesterday. She has two kids and she was talking about how the she her son had to stay home sick with her and she had the doctor's appointment for him on her iPad. It was like an online video appointment where the doctor was able to, you know, do whatever he could. I guess you you could think to diagnose the child just through having like a tele a tele appointment. But that's yeah. crazy to me. It's 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 great because I think for convenience sake. That's amazing. Right, 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 absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see how that continues to grow. Okay, so uh, we have a lot of trends, Rod. If we could break that down, I guess, into actionable items for marketers, especially from an inbound perspective, what are the takeaways? What can we use this information for to make smarter decisions?
1: Sure, so I can surmise it to four. Uh, takeaways. I think the first one being digital presence is essential. Mobile is just as important. Uh, the second takeaway would be visual ads and content is the new quality for marketing efforts. Uh, social media and blog posts should contain strong visual elements such as infographics, videos, photos, etc. It's not just uh, to write good copy anymore, basically, right? No. It's about the whole experience, visually, uh, eventually tactile. I mean, no one's invented Vision yet, but it would be <laughs> super <on>. cool.
0: Right. <laughs> I'm sure it's like five years away.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so the the next takeaway would be gaming and interactive experiences are growing in popularity and, and should be a part of a content strategy. Um, I'm on Twitch. I don't really use it that much, but I also use TikTok. I mean, it's, you, you have to stay with the trends that are coming, right? And, and there's definitely an audience that uh, is in those areas uh, of gaming uh, that can be reached, and there's a way to reach them. So just be, be aware of those, those uh, trends coming up. Uh, and lastly, privacy is important. You have to find a way to have your clients take it seriously so you can tout it as a feature as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, I can see the the wisdom in that, absolutely, Rod. Um so some important takeaways, you know, and we all have to look at this every year, I think, to see how the digital landscape is changing. But those are all good pieces of advice for marketers to remember. So, Rod, I, I do want to thank you again for coming on and talking about all of these topics. It's been fun kind of diving in deep with these with you and We can uh, get together again next month and do the same. Does that sound good? All right, let's do it. All right. And, you know, to our audience, thank you for tuning in. It's been great having you listen to the episode with us. Remember, you can expect a new episode from Inbound Academy every week, and it's always going to be filled with advice that's going to help you grow your business. And remember, if you're looking for an experienced, friendly, and results-driven team to help your business, check out Risen. You can find them at go risen.com. That's Risen with a Z. And you can also follow them on social media. They're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And you can find them by searching for the name Risen Inbound. So, Rod, thanks again for coming by. Thanks for having me, Jeff. And to our listeners, we'll see you on the next one.